All right, Miss Fuller, would you mind saying your full name for us? My full name is Robin, R-O-B-B-Y-N-E, Hocker, H-O-C-K-E-R, Fuller, F-U-L-L-E-R. And Miss Fuller, were you born in Midland? No, I was born in Clarksville, Texas in 1943. When did you move to Midland? I moved to Midland when I was in the sixth grade. So I was about 11 years old. So what was your experience like um, going to Carver Junior Senior High School? Well, Carver was a little bit different from Clarksville, a much larger place. Clarksville is a small place. And uh, the high school and the elementary school, and they were all, they were all together, but these were African, this was an African-American school. When I moved to Midland, uh, we moved to uh, Indiana Street, which was about four or five blocks from Carver. And I entered Carver at the sixth grade uh, there at uh, the Carver uh, Junior Senior High School. At that particular time, there was a junior high campus uh, there and also the high school campus. So I entered the junior high school campus there. It included sixth grade? It included sixth grade, yes. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. The we other separate building. We were in separate buildings from the high school. I actually didn't get to go to the high school until I went to high school, actually. What was, um, what was your experience like at Carver? Well, we were new. My twin and I came along with the rest of our family, and uh, uh, we were new. And so uh, a little bit different from other people here in Midland. So we actually had to uh, uh, help people to get to know us. Uh, we, we had had a different environment in Clarksville. The uh, learning environment was somewhat different there than it was uh, here in Midland. But we were able to uh, 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 meet most of the students in our grade. And uh, so we were, we did fine there at Carver. And when did you graduate from Carver? I graduated in 1961. So was that the year of the football championship, or did I have my year wrong? Uh, actually, they were scheduled. They should have won that year, but I think it was the next year, 62. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Actually, it was the winning class. We were there uh, through that. Those were the same, some of the same players that were playing on the team when mm-hmm. I was in high school. What differences, or you may not have realized until you were an adult, and maybe you did as a student, did you notice any differences between Carver Junior Senior High and Midland High? Well, I'd never seen Midland High. So I didn't know any difference between Midland High and Carver. We, we never ventured out of our neighborhood uh, into Midland High because of segregation. So I I knew Midland High existed, but I didn't know anything about it. How did it feel, I guess, if that's the right word, growing up in a segregated community? Well, it was fun. It was good. Our, Our community was a whole community. There were stores, there were churches, uh, there was activities. Uh, anything that we wanted to do within our community, it was provided. There was a PTA for the school. There was a booster club. We had parades. Uh, at, at that particular time, 
we were allowed from time to time to venture downtown. The parade would start downtown, but would eventually end up coming down Lee Street and then down Wall Street to Carver. But uh, with us, that was that was fine. That was what we knew, mm-hmm. and we felt safe in our community, and uh, that was our community. Were you we able to be in school with anybody else other than ourselves? Were you able to go to Woolworths or Woolworths? I keep saying that wrong. We went to Woolworths, but we could order. Uh, we would walk to town on Saturday after we finished our chores. That was usually our Saturday trip, my twin and I. And, and sometimes my sisters and brothers would go too. But we would walk to uh, downtown uh, Midland, and uh, if we wanted something to eat or drink, then we could go and order it in Woolworths, but we couldn't drink it or eat in there, we have to come outside and eat it or either bring it home. So we normally ordered something in time to bring it home because we knew we couldn't sit and eat. You couldn't sit at the corner. So we could shop. We could shop in the store. And of course we knew we were being watched all of the time. But those were that those were the days and we we accepted that. We made sure that we we uh, didn't have big purses and or bags or anything and that we uh, were careful because we knew that you know there were people always looking out to maybe uh, accuse of of doing something wrong. But we would we would go into Woolsworth. Did you ever go to the Yucca Theater? Uh, we went to the Yucca Theater. We had to sit upstairs, which was really dangerous for the people who sat downstairs because the people who were upstairs used it through popcorn downstairs. But uh, we enjoyed that. <laughs> But yes, we were there. We went there. We also went to the Ritz Theater when it opened up. We we went there too. Set upstairs there too. Uh, the bathroom set colored, and and you know in the courthouse, you had to go to the bathroom. You had to make sure you went to the right one. You didn't want to get caught in the wrong area. Uh, it was just a, a way of life. When you sat in Clarksville, except Clarksville was a little bit different from Midland. Clarksville, we lived in the same community, although they lived on the other side of the street. We lived on the other side of the street, but the community as a whole, uh, when my mother had babies, they could bring her something to eat. The community, which is a Caucasian community, would bring her something to eat. They'd come to see the baby. Uh, They would visit back and forth. My cousin had a barbecue business, so people ate all of Harris's barbecue. So Clarksville was a segregated town, but totally different from Midland. In Midland, you knew it was segregated <clears throat> because everything was over uh, across the track. When, um, when Marbury Lee High School opened in 61, what was the feeling among the community, knowing that Brown Board of Education had happened? What was well, the feeling? We heard, yeah, we heard that it was going to open. And at the time, I don't think that we just thought probably uh, that Caucasians wanted uh, another place to go besides Midland High. At the time, we didn't realize that they were going to actually close Carver because what they tried to do is they tried to integrate Carver, but the Caucasian community raised such a fuss about it. This was in 62 and 63. And of course I went off to college for a while 
uh, in 62. They came back home and then attended Odessa College. But the community here did not want their children going to Carver and venturing across the track to go to school. So that was when the rumor got started that they were going to close Carver. But by that time, I had married uh, James and he had gotten a job as a teacher at Lubbock and we had moved to Lubbock. I, I didn't come back to Midland until 1977. He came back in 75. And that particular time we were in the midst of all the Lehigh School, the Rebel flag and all of this. That's when I came back. Now my twin who remained here for a while before she went off to college in San Angelo, she probably has a little bit more history about it. And and my brother Jaron, who attended Midland High, graduated from there. My my sister Gwen Burns, who lives here, she graduated from there. They probably have more information about what happened during that particular time. So they were moved from Carver to Midland High. They were moved from Carver to Midland High. My brother should have graduated from Carver, but by the time he got ready to graduate, he had been moved to Midland High in the high school. And then my sister Gwen Burns was after him. She was moved there. And so she graduated from Midland High. And then the rest of the family had been moved, was moved to Lehigh School. And they graduated from there, my twin brothers and my baby brother who is deceased. He passed away this year. Oh, I'm so sorry. They were to leave. So that's how it uh, it moved about. But at the time, I was in Lubbock when I heard that they had closed Carver. And of course, I was totally upset. But at the time, living in Lubbock, but when James Trent, James moved back here to Midland to teach at Midland College, and I, two years later, I came back to work for Texas Instruments. And uh, then I was able to join with Dr. Coleman and Ms. Marshall and uh, Dr. Ruby Morris and a lot of the other people. And we formed, the, they had already formed a group called the Coleman Interveners. Mm -hmm. So I became an intervener. And we began to, uh, our fifth, first major uh, case with MISD because they still refused to integrate totally. So, we, they had filed for unitary status. And at the time we had a lawyer from out of Dallas, but he wasn't really working out. So I knew of Gary, uh, attorney Gary Glitzoe down in Austin. So I called him and told him we needed a lawyer that next morning because they were getting ready to vote on unitary status at Midland High for uh, all of Midland. And we did not have an attorney because our attorney said he couldn't come. So. Uh, Gary packed up his with an attorney of his and came to Midland, packed up his things and his briefcase and everything, and was in Midland the next day in time for the board meeting. That first of all, the elementary schools were young kids were out in the rain and they were not uh, in what we call equal facilities for some of the other schools across the community. And so with the teaching and learning and all of that, we also knew that that wasn't equitable. So we formed our case by saying Midland was not unitary. And in order for them to be unitary, there were certain criteria that they had to reach with us before we would even sign on to it. 
Now, the first thing that Midland decided to do, because we had students who had been, once uh, the once we the integration process had started, then a cluster system had been formed. That cluster system meant that students from all over Midland would be bused. That not just African-American kids or Hispanic mm-hmm. kids, but that everybody would have to get on a bus and ride. And that was the system that we were using. Well, they did not like that system. What they wanted was neighborhood schools. Well, we knew that we could get an equitable education if everybody had to move because they weren't going to teach kids any differently in our area than they were going to do in the other area if we were all having to be, all of our kids were having to be bused. Mm -hmm. So we liked that particular type, but there was a glitch in there. We had convinced everybody in the African-American community that the cluster system was the best for us. But then the Hispanic community decided to jump ship in midstream. And they decided that they wanted neighborhood schools. So at a meeting at Lee, Lee Freshman High School, they decided to go in with the white community and ask for neighborhood schools. And that is what they did. And that's when the busing stopped. That's right. They thought that because they had neighborhood schools, their kids would not have to be bused. But they didn't understand that that wasn't the way it was going to be. Because in the meantime, the interveners had worked with the district to set up what we call magnet programs. (laughs) The magnet programs were set up in Washington and Pease and, uh, and, and, not Bowie Bowie wasn't a part of it at first. They became a performing arts school a little bit later. Uh, it was a mile, I believe. Well, Washington. I guess Bowie was the third one. Yes, Bowie was. It was Washington and Pease. So Bowie became the third one then. But Bowie's actually not in James's district. Right. But they had the property. And we. I talked with the superintendent along with James. And we told them we needed a performance arts center so that I could bring performances into Midland and I could work with the school, collaborate with them in order to be able to have people like Tom Braxton, dance mm-hmm. companies and things like that. So uh, Dr. Nix, who was the superintendent at the time, he brought it before the board and they decided to build a performance arts center there at Bowie. So that became the third magnet. But the first two magnets were put in our area. Mm-hmm. And that created a situation where there would not be neighborhood school. Plus, Carver Center was here. And Carver Center now is an elementary school, but it's also a gifted and talented school. So that meant that that school would be bypassed also. So while they were trying to get neighborhood schools, they could not get it because of the fact that we had created the magnet program. Now we knew that people on the north side of town could build any kind of school they wanted to, they had the money. But when it came to putting money into the schools over here, we knew they weren't gonna do it. But we knew with the magnet schools, we could get that particular type of a program. The other thing that we told the district that we wanted as interveners is that we wanted every elementary school closed in. So that meant they had to pass a bond issue to make that happen. Not just the schools in our area, which we mainly wanted in our area, but 
we felt like everybody deserved to go to school, especially with elementary kids. Do you mean like physically posted in for safety? Yeah, they should have been up to the standard. Our kids mm-hmm. were getting rained on. Mm-hmm. Have to cross over, you know, with those open areas. Mm-hmm. So they passed a bond issue uh, in order to make that happen. So then that happened, and they said, well, will you say you're unitary now? We said, no. You need to do this, 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 and this. Well, they kept complying with some of the things, but then they also, the government changed. The Democrats went out of power, which is where we had our leverage, and the Republicans came into power. We didn't have any leverage. They told them to shut down the unitary status and give it to Mitchell. But the interveners did not sign off on it. We fought it to the very end. So it was just signed off on period? We have never signed off on unitary status. We told them that at any time we felt that they were not complying with the orders that they had been given, that we would file another lawsuit. So we are still interveners. There are still some of us left, and we can still file. And our attorney's still in place. That's excellent. So that's how we uh, work with it. Now, James was on the school board at the time because we won single-member district. That was a fight also. That was a fight with the Black Advisory Council, the NACP, the Midland Black Chamber, and uh, what other? Uh, Blue Black joined us in the fight after we started it. Mm-hmm. And were able to uh, uh, secure single member districts. And that's that James Fuller elected. But was that in the 1980s? That was in 19. James came on board in 1988. And he's been there ever since. Mm-hmm. He's serving, it should be 33 years this, this year. That's amazing. But that's what we had to do in order to get uh, some things made equitable. Of course, you, the battle is never over, because right after that battle, Intervenus fought the battle with Lehigh, but we got rid of all of the flags and the, uh, the we didn't get rid of the names, but we got rid of the flags and the, the paraphernalia, and what was that first thing they had, and they went to Sir Lancelot or whoever. General wins a lot. Yeah. They win. They, uh, yeah. We got rid of the other things that they had. I, so that I've heard that. that. I've heard that referenced as the Great Compromise. It wasn't a compromise. It wasn't. It wasn't a compromise. It's just what they decided to do. And we had other things to do, and so there are some things you just have to wait on. So we just once we got rid of the flag. And, 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 and the symbols, then, uh, and the clan, because we had to fight the clan. They came here. They they came here and decided to tell us that we had to keep that flag. And we said, no, we don't. So they came to board meeting, and James was the president at the time. They wanted to speak, and he said, nope, you will not speak. Because they weren't taxpayers here in Midland. Mm-hmm. And they got up and they left. Then they sent another clansman. I think he was the head of the group. Uh, he came with a big flag to a football game. And when he showed up, 
he thought that he was going to be welcomed by the people. But the people did not like that. They did not want to be associated with Robert E. Lee at that particular time. So they asked him to leave. Miss Fuller, do you know when that, what year that would have been so we can find the minutes? I, I don't know. It was probably, it was in, in the 80s or early 90s. And uh, we were, we were able to do that. And now I'm wanting to work with Carver to create a Carver museum made up of the people who attended Carver and where they started out and where they've ended up. But I was trying to work that project with Mr. Riddick and Carver, and right now it's kind of on hold until mm -hmm. uh, everything seasons itself out. But I'm still hoping to make uh, put a museum area at the Carver Center because we could put that on the map. And people would come in and look at their families and where how Carver evolved, the students evolved. And where would the Carver all... alumni be interested in relocating Carver? I don't think so. I think they, they're interested in them adding on to Carver, buying some property over there and making it a legitimate high school. Mm -hmm. now, that's what we're interested in. <laughs> okay, because they actually came to the school board meeting. They actually came to the football game, the Klan did, and they had a Klan rally here. And the Hispanic community thought they were going to go to the Klan rally and tell them to leave us alone. And when they got there, they found out, they said, well, we don't like y'all either. <laughs> and so they started hurling uh, words at them, which really made them mad. But what could they do? They thought they would take the nuts and made mm -hmm. it. We don't like you all any better than you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that was, and then they asked us to go downtown and to pray. The city did. And the pastor told them, we're going to go downtown with you all this one time to pray. If anything else ever happens, don't ask the black community to go with you to pray anywhere because we're not going to do it. And we have not done it. Who asked, who asked the black community to go pray? Uh, the citizens of Midland, the downtown people, mm -hmm. the chamber and all of that wanted to have a prayer visual downtown. And we have that downtown. But I also need to tell you that when we got ready to go to single member districts, we called the entire board to the White House, which was over there on Washington Park, to the building, and we told them that we wanted single member districts. Well, they tried to talk us out of it because all of those board members live within four blocks of each other, the board, mm -hmm. and they were making decisions for all of them. And that's what made us file for, for the uh, uh, to, to get single member districts with the city. We also filed for single member districts with the college. But LULAC filed those and the man that filed it decided he was going to run for office and he backed out of the case. So we did not get single member districts for middle college. Because that's an at-large vote now, right? Uh-huh, that's right. Yeah. Still at-large vote, okay. That's right. So, uh, but we, the interveners have been working all of these years, uh, continue to work and continue to, to, to move. Now we have the support of the NAACP and uh, other groups that have joined us. And now there's the Black Lives Matter group that I'm not, I don't really know a lot about them yet. Not here, but I know that they're an effective group.
but uh, it's uh, it's time for people to understand that we are all equal in this community. We all work to make it a community. It cannot be a good community if we don't all support each other. Yes, ma'am. And and that's what we're wanting to see in Midland, Texas. There isn't any reason why we can't be that. When I was running for city council and for mayor, I would always tell them that you can't polish the front part of your shoe and leave the other part unpolished. And that's this part of town over here and the south side. You've got to put equal dollars into it. You've got to also support African Americans in business, Hispanics in business, uh, Caucasians in business. We need to be supporting each other. But you cannot expect us to continue to give to you if you aren't willing to support us. Mm-hmm. The red line and it's still there. You know, we still have those. Most problems. definitely. Most definitely. Uh, the side of town that used to be African-American when people wanted loans over there to rebuild, they can't get any. Now if you look at it, people are getting loans all over the place to build over there, but it's not African-American. <laughs> because they'll tell you in a minute, oh, your credit's not up to you got to do this, 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 and this to get a house. And that's not the way it should be. Uh, other cities like Lubbock, when we lived there, they created an area to where they rebuilt the African American age, or they tried to. They're still working on it, where they rebuilt the African American community. And it's still a viable community. But here, and which is okay, I don't mind the areas being diversified. That's fine with me. I, my, my neighbors are everything, everybody. I don't even know all of them anymore. But that's fine. But let's just make sure that everybody has equal rights. I know that you are an active Carver alumni. I sure am. What What are the Carver alumni still doing? They have a reunion every two years. They've had one. They had to cancel the last one because of COVID. But they've got another one planned for this year. Uh, they keep in touch with each other. And whenever there is a reunion, they come 300 to 400 at a time. Uh, They have a whole day at Carver. And of course, uh, James made sure that Carver and he and the uh, superintendents and uh, made sure that Carver kept our school colors, that they're the Carver Hornets, that they learned our school song. We have visited with them, not as much as we'd like to, but you know, we, we occasionally have gone there, taught them the school song. And, uh, uh, the kids seem to be very interested. I worked a project out with uh, one of the superintendents where we took all eight of the Carver annuals and we put them on DVDs. I'm now having uh, ours transferred over to, you know, the little, uh, what is that called? The little the, with, with it. The the USB. Drive. Yeah, yeah. I'm having, yeah, I'm having them put on that because we can't watch it. Most people don't have that DVD on their uh, computer anymore. But I was able to get $10,000 from the district and they produced that. I was able to put up uh, pictures in Carver High School, would like to get more over there, that showed Carver when we were there. And the classes. My class of 1961 has a picture on the wall. And any other class that wants to uh, produce a picture, they, they can take it over there and present it 
we put a new picture the cultural council put a new picture of george washington carver in the front lobby Ms. Fuller, um, earlier okay. this week, the committee for the name change for Lee High School um, released five names. Three of them still have Lee in it, and one of them is Midland Carver Lee High School. And mm -hmm. as a Carver alumni, I would like to know how you um, feel about that. George Washington Carver was a former slave. Robert E. Lee was a Confederate. I am insulted by that. And I think that everybody else who is African-American ought to be insulted by that. We do not want Robert E. Lee's name, period. Not anything that even goes with the name Lee, L-E-E. -E. We don't want that. So whoever has decided that that's what we want in this community, they need to study their history or they're going to be doomed to repeat it. Why would we get rid of a name that we want to bring back? in any form, initial event. What can you tell us about George Washington Carver? George Washington Carver was a scientist who was a former slave who worked his way up in his community and became, became the man that he was. Uh, he has nothing to do with Robert E. Lee. That is everybody else's Robert E. Lee. It is not the African-American Robert E. Lee. The people who went to Lee High School, they went there and they participated because they had no other choice, because Midland gave them no other choice. Now they have a choice. And their choice is, you can ask most students who have not been brainwashed or who know their history, would they want, Rob, would they want Carver mixed with Robert E. Lee? And they'll tell you no. Just have people who don't want to give up. They've wronged the community and they want to try to rectify it, but only if we compromise. No compromise. How do you feel about another name that was proposed as um, an acronym, Legacy of um, Equality no, in Education? No, no, because they're still trying to keep it alive. And somehow or the other, they'll bring it back in again. They'll roll it back in again. It'll be something. They just don't want to give up. They they were wrong when they did that in 1961, and they're still wrong if they don't take it away. Now, for the people who say we bleed maroon blood, they need to stop that. We all bleed red blood. That's what we believe. And if we want this community to heal and really be a community together, then they need to give up on that name. That's my statement. Um, can I ask you, because I've heard you tell this story before, when you and Mr. Fuller were married, mm -hmm. um, were you able to run your um, wedding photo in the middle no. of the telegram? No. The Would you tell us that story? Okay, the MRT, when I got ready, well, actually it started when I became the first African-American female to sell real estate in Midland. Uh, my uh, boss the guy that hired me for Patel Enterprises, once I passed the real estate exam, he wanted to put place it in the paper. Well, he had to go down and really raise sand with the paper, and they finally, in the back part of the paper, printed a little small story. I run it out on Facebook from time to time about the fact that I had become a real estate salesman. 
Well, a year later, I wanted to get married. And so I, I called the paper to see if they would run my wedding uh, picture because St. Angelo, uh, where James is from, said they would run it. They told me, no, we don't run African Americans, or they say black people, colored people. We don't run your picture in the paper because uh, you all don't buy the paper. I said, some people do buy the paper. And is that any reason for you not to run my picture? Well, we're not going to run it. We'll run the story, but we won't run your picture. So when we had our 50th wedding anniversary, I called the newspaper and I said, well, you know, 50 years ago, you wouldn't run my picture, but I'm paying for it to go in there today for my 50th anniversary. You going to run it? And they said, oh, yeah, the $300, we're going to run it. <laughs> and I said, okay, that's fine, because I'm paying. And so they ran it in the paper 50 years later, but just my anniversary picture. Not your wedding picture. A friend of mine from Dallas wrote a story and put it on Facebook and told the story about the MRT not running my paper, my picture 50 years years ago, which is now 55. I've been married 55 years now. Congratulations. Thanks. But that's that's what Midland would do. Now, later on, they did run African Americans' pictures, but only after a group of ministers went down to the MRT and told them that they wanted to see our pictures in the paper, and they did buy the paper. So maybe about five years later, they did begin to run wedding pictures. But it took a long time. Midland has never wanted to do anything on its own. It's always had to be ordered to do something. But, you know, I still love Midland, and I'll continue to work in Midland because I know that Midland has to change. Absolutely. And that, we're going to make sure it changes. What, if you could say something to the community of Midland, what would you, what do you want them to know? What would you like to say? I'd like to say to Midland that if we work together, live together, we will be a wonderful community. We ought to be the best community in, in America. And we've got to, we've got to deal with the racism that exists within our community. Whenever anybody African-American says something or puts something on Facebook, we have these certain people who come back with these statements that try to make us feel less than human. They need to stop it. They have a problem. We do not. That's what needs to happen. And it's probably a few people who are doing this, but the masses don't say anything. Mm-hmm. They let them talk. Shut them up. <laughs> Those are my true feelings, yes. and I voice my true feelings. Yes. Well, and I just want to say thank you um, to you and your your husband. Living in Midland, I've, I've learned a lot, and um, I know you know Mr. Fuller is is running again uh, for the school board, and I just think it's interesting that a lot of people don't know the history and all that your family has fought for for our community. Well, it's not our community. because we have not told you yes. that we have been to school. Yes. James and I used to spend uh, the as Buffalo Soldiers, as uh, the Kwanzaa. We've spent many years going to the different schools in Midland, Odessa, explain it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They've got to want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the African-American community 
has got to understand it. And they need to, you can find out anything you want to know. You can ask your telephone and it'll tell you. <laughs> you, know, you don't really have to ask anybody any questions. Just get on your computer and your telephone. Yeah. And you can get the answer for your history. But if you don't remember your history, you are doomed to repeat it. And so we have to continue telling it, telling the story, telling the story of Mitha.